Welcome to Our Social Impact, brought to you by the Prison Scholar Fund. We have a mission of providing education and employment assistance to help incarcerated people succeed and thrive in society while avoiding homelessness and the revolving door of incarceration. My name is Dirk Van Velsen, and I'm Executive Director of the Prison Scholar Fund. Today we have David Israel and Spencer Oberg, both of Good Planet Foods, a fast-growing entrepreneurial company that you're going to love hearing about. David Israel, tell me all about Good Planet Foods. Great. Love to, Dirk. Uh, so Good Planet Foods is uh, a company that I begun a little over a year and a half ago uh, as a concept to really just change the, the playing field in the vegan cheese category. Uh, but by the time we launched last May, uh, our whole perspective has changed to create a product and a brand that resonated with the consumer in the plant-based category uh, and products that are better for our planet because, I mean, dairy and beef, uh, have a, that industry has a huge impact on our environment, more so than fossil fuels. So we've created uh, and now are leading the category uh, in the plant-based cheese. We're probably, the, I would say we are the fastest growing company uh, within that category. Um, and, uh, hey, you know, I mean, everybody knows, well, probably most people know my background, so I was... Well, maybe not. This is actually about your first introduction to people that don't know you, so tell me about your company before this one. Uh, the company before this was called Pop Gourmet. Uh, so, I mean, really just to give everybody a playing field for who I am, I mean, I'm somebody that's worked for myself since I was 19, uh, and I've created or developed develop companies, uh, usually that I've led, uh, well, always that I've led, and um, built some regional companies, and one of the ones I built was uh, called Pawn Exchange, and that grew rapidly into a 45-store chain, the largest regional chain of its kind uh, in our area. Uh, later sold to the largest chain of pawn shops in the world called Cash America, who I actually emulated, and, uh, but because of that company, it led to some things that in my life that uh, we had a customer bring us some property in literally our third month of business. Uh, and three years later, uh, he got caught and uh, found that he could use me to get, uh, you know, kind of make a plea deal and get off. And uh, he got immunity, actually. So, oh, no kidding. Yeah. How much time did you have to do over that? Well, I... They offered me 90 days of receiving stolen property initially, and I said, there's no freaking way. Uh, it was just not going to happen. But after a seven-year legal battle and uh, having the prosecutor, you know, go through two, uh, oh, gosh, what do you call those things? <laughs> no, no, no. We had, to, we had to go. She went to the, uh, an appellate court show. She appealed okay. two of the judge's decisions in the Cox. The Cox it actually took through three years each. So I had to sit on the sidelines. I created two different companies in the meantime. But nonetheless, uh, she lost her second appeal, and uh, but had the right to retry me. So I just was like, I had enough after actually seven years now, and an enormous amount of money, and you know, a gray cloud that I was carrying over me, and things that were hard for my family. So I just decided I, I just had to be done. Couldn't take anymore. So I went to prison for four years. Ouch. State prison. Okay. Yeah. You know what? Ouch. Sounds ouch. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't want to go back and do it again, but I wouldn't change it for anything because it it helped me understand, first of all, made me, actually made me a stronger, better person, uh, made me a better business person uh, because, you know, the lessons you learn in there and the things you deal with, 
makes the stuff that comes at you, you know, every day here like the, you know, no problem, right? We'll figure it out. So uh, it removes the barriers that most people have. Yeah, it's kind of funny when you compare it to like regular business problems to problems in prison. It's probably a whole different landscape. Uh, yeah, you know what? I mean, what seems big out here, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know how it is. You have to learn how to deal with big and small stuff yeah. that's out of your control, right? Uh, and uh, I mean, some people deal with it differently. I just dealt with it like, you know, just got to go with the flow, figure it out, move forward, right? Because nothing was going to disrupt me getting out of there on time or or having problems with anybody either, right? So Yeah. And it, ultimately, it's business is about people, and that's one of the biggest things that you learn while you're in there is how to deal with all kinds of different people. Yeah, so. true. That's a great, great point. So, so anyway, while I was there, yeah, uh, you know, I realized, like, not just I realized about myself, I went in there with the perspective that, you know, I'm going to keep to myself. I'm not going to associate with any of these guys that I have gained my perspective from what I saw on TV. Uh, just absolute losers and idiots. And you know what? I don't know. Within the first week, I realized, first week, first couple days, I realized that these aren't the people that, oh, I thought they were. There was a lot of great people, smart guys, uh, really smart. Some of the smartest people I ever met. Charismatic. Um, but, and there's the others, right? I mean, there's the ones that you, that you don't want to be hanging out with. But for the most part, I learned that a lot of these guys are just really good people, and they were either a victim of a bad circumstance, a bad decision, uh, or bad environment, right, where they grew up and uh, didn't have a, an opportunity. And a lot of them wanted to get their lives on track and had great ideas uh, and had the intelligence, but never had opportunity, right? And now, even though they're, they're in, they've done their time, many of them have gone out with the intention to get their lives on track and do the right thing. But society, uh, circumstances, some laws, whatever, you know, makes that almost impossible for some people, right? And uh, so they end up going back to what they used to do and they end up back in prison. So it was a vicious circle. So, you know. So you being an entrepreneur, what did you find uh, when you were incarcerated? Well, in my last six months there, uh, in minimum security, these guys were making this popcorn concoction in the microwave. Uh, it's funny, when I talk to big groups, especially in prisons, they all know exactly what it is. <laughs> uh, microwave popcorn, they would take caramels and melt it. They would blend in peanut butter into the caramel, mix it up in a big trash bag, a clean one, and uh, then throw in m and Cinnamon Toast Crunch, and some chopped up Rocky Road candy bars. Whatever they had. It was awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. and when I finally tried it, I was sitting on my bunk, and I was like, this is a business, right? So... I started having people from the outside send me information on the popcorn industry. I wrote a business plan. And, uh, you know, I got home. I had to kind of phase out a business that I'd left behind. Uh, and then I went and launched a company called Popcorn Egg. Interesting. So how do you get the funding for that? Uh, credit cards. <laughs> no kidding. Just like the typical entrepreneur story. You have to. Yeah, well, I was out of capital. I mean, so I had to just do whatever I could. And uh, people weren't actually, nobody's flocking to help me at that point. Uh, Ex-con, popcorn business. Well, whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they don't know. Yeah. I mean, nobody knows that they're afraid. They don't know what to think. Uh, so actually, it was in 2011, I launched uh, Popcorn May, and I had started with a big house blend and started selling it into local grocery chains. And uh, it was doing really well. When I looked at the shelf, I said, you know, it's a great product. I mean, I love that it's called the original big house. Um, but it didn't really stand out to me that to be that different from everything as a consumer. 
that was already on the shelf. Or cinnamon caramel, whatever, butterscotch caramel, caramel caramel, whatever, right? There's a lot of stuff out yeah, there. Yeah, so I thought I had to do something differently if I really wanted to build a business. And uh, I put my head together with my wife one night. She's like, you know, white truffle and chocolate salted caramel are really trending flavors right now. So I went, made chocolate salted caramel, an <laughs> amazing product the next day, and the white truffle that was off the charts. And started packaging that and selling it just about a month later. And uh, someone had mentioned that Oprah liked white truffle. So I sent a bunch of white truffle back to O Magazine. And, you know, about a, two weeks later, they started ordering literally five cases overnighted to O Magazine. And this started going on every week. There was, it was a case here, two cases to this office over there. Uh, so she then ended up selecting us a few months later as one of her favorite items, her favorite things. And put us in the magazine, and you know, literally seven months into business, uh, we expanded from that magazine. I mean, if it was TV, I can't even imagine what it would have been. But from the magazine, we ended up going into about four thousand stores. No kidding. Right away, uh, so we went from a team of about seven up to about thirty-five in about two weeks. So that's like the Oprah Book Club, but for popcorn. Uh, you got to mention in her magazine. It just yeah, blew yeah we were her favorite thing. We were her favorite thing uh, two or three times. Uh, and I mean, she had me do live your best life tour with or a show here in Seattle with her and just was a complete support for us, uh, as our company. And when she understood the story really got behind it as well. So at pop gourmet, I, I made it, uh, part of what I did to hire guys that were making reentry and giving them opportunities to have a job and get off to the right start. So as we grew our business, I mean, I think we probably ran over 200 guys through our process of coming to work there and either moving on someplace else or staying with us. Some grew into vice president's positions. Uh, they were the best employees that I could have hired because they were committed, they were loyal, they were appreciative, uh, and they wanted to help be part of a win, right? Yeah, so how did you find them or did they find you? No, I, I actually... Look, because I, I had been home now for a couple of years, and uh, I was working with the DOC on reentry, uh, out just out speaking, speaking for Dave's Killer Bread Foundation uh, about reentry and and about who we are and and what we can do, and uh, and that people should give us a chance. So uh, I started working with DOC, and uh, we, I just said, look, I want to hire. So they started directing all their people that are coming to work release uh, to to us. And I would just hire guys. I'd hire as many as I could. So what's a typical day like? How many people you're working with? Well, we had two shifts, uh, about 40 per shift, uh, excluding what was in our administrative team. But, I mean, that was at the end. That was towards, the, you know, as we had got to our peak. But it started out, again, I mean, probably 11 of those 30 guys were from... My first employee was my first cellmate, actually. That's awesome. Yeah, so he had never had a job before. Smart guy, right? That's a good uh, way to get to know somebody. Well, I did, yeah. and he's like, I wish I. Could. I remember we were talking. Everybody knew who I was because they had most of them use my pawn shops. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so he's like, I wish I could be a businessman like you. And I'm like, look, you, you, you are a businessman. You, you, are, you have a product. You have distributors. You have salespeople. You have customers. You have receivables. You have payables. You're running a business. You just chose the wrong product. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so uh, I hired him. He grew to a VP's position and uh, actually sold out, did extremely well, and went on and started his own 
business, uh, similar to one I had before where I actually had employed him there as well. Uh, but most of these guys, I mean, I hired guys that grew up, they ended up doing all of our design work uh, in-house for us. We had uh, operations guys. I mean, look, everybody has skills, right? It's just a matter of wanting to apply them and, and, and utilize them and having the opportunity to do that, letting somebody use, become who you really are, right? And not saying you can't because, gee, you've been incarcerated or, or you didn't have an education or whatever, right? Yeah. I mean, there are guys that can do people's jobs that never even had the education it's just because it comes, comes naturally to them or they just want to excel, right? That's fascinating. So like in, in the years you were in business, you probably helped hundreds of people just reinvent themselves, start something new. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, yeah. some have gone on to do a lot of things on their own. I mean, I know several guys that have their own businesses now. Uh, but it's really it was a stepping stone. I mean, I couldn't, I mean, I wasn't there to change their lives financially. I was there to change their lives to, so they could get a good start, you and know, you get a foundation. Yeah. And then they could go do what they want, or they could try to grow with me. I'd love to have them grow with me. But anyway, we, we brought on private equity. I moved on from uh, Pop Gourmet, and, and, you know, like about six months later, I got into launching Good Planet. Uh, at which time I was actually speaking at, uh, at Monroe uh, Minimum Security Unit, uh, where I was. I, I lived there for almost two and a half years. So you came in fishing for talent. Yeah, well, I wasn't, not, <laughs> not intentionally, you know, not for a good planet. My, you know, that wasn't my goal here. I mean, it, I don't have production here. Uh, we, I didn't want to have production. I mean, I learned a lot. Uh, so, but... Yeah, I, I went out and I, I was doing these classes for University Beyond Bars and just speaking. And then I went in and did something else. And I met met the guy sitting next to me here, uh, Spencer Oberg. And, you know, uh, we ended up doing something together called, he put something called Harness Your Hustle together. And, and I came in and did a few of those with him with some, uh, actually one was a, he was a, this is a great story. He was a, used to be the CEO of, Starbucks, and uh, you know we drove out to Monroe together. He's like, yeah, I don't know about these guys, you know, I, you know, but I'm happy to help out and you know uh, feel good about doing what I'm doing. So we went there, and we both spoke, and uh, you know he's got up and spoke. I'm you know was a great speaker. I'm the former CEO of Starbucks. Blah blah blah. At the end of the thing, everybody when they, he said any questions, he got like two, you know, and I was getting all these questions from the guys. He's like, wow. He's like, <laughs> he goes, because uh, they, they want to know, how, do you, how did you do it? How did you, yeah, how did you exactly. overcome these hurdles that we hear about, right? I, yeah. we, didn't, we didn't know we could actually do something. You know, I, I, one guy was like, dude, I, someone had me come to this thing. And I was like, I just came for them because I actually got stuck because I signed up. And he said, I was sitting back here thinking how I'm going to do my burglaries better next time so I don't get caught. And he goes, now, he says, I'm thinking, wow. I can actually go do something. Same right? hustle, just redirect it. Yeah, right. Bingo. So anyway, I met Spencer, and uh, Spencer and I stayed in touch. And uh, when he went to work release, he asked if I would give him a position. And we actually, we, we put a deal together with DLC. Mm -hmm. uh, so yep. they, because I wasn't really ready to hire somebody. I mean, we're just, we were literally three people putting things together, uh, building yeah. the concept, right? Bootstrapping, too. Yep. So what, what program were you building, Spencer, that he ran into? It's called Heart. So it's Harness Your Hustle. Basically, I, since I did seven years in Monroe, my story is a little bit different. Uh, I've definitely always been an entrepreneur, but I chose the wrong, wrong product a few different times. So, you know, there were a few legal pursuits when I was younger. I was in the automotive industry for quite a while on the service side of things and then also in sales. 
uh, but I always, I mean, I kind of grew up in the streets a little bit. So I always had the side hustle of selling drugs. And you know, you, you run in the streets long enough and get big enough that it catches up to you. So I ended up doing seven years. And when I went into that, I didn't know how I was gonna do it, but I was gonna do something different. Because I mean, at that point, when I was 20 years old, that seemed like, or excuse me, 21 or 22 years old when I actually went in. I mean, that seemed like a lifetime for me, a 10 year sentence. So I, I didn't wanna do that again. I had to figure out a better way to do this stuff. So I started, the only thing I could think of was to get a college degree. That was my family's, uh, my extended family anyways, all educated. And that was like what I knew. If you're gonna be successful, you gotta have a college degree. So I pursued that and I got a degree, but it just, it wasn't, didn't quite fit my personality. So I really, really wanted something that could teach me how to harness that hustle that I had and be a legitimate business owner, right? Figure out how to be, an entrepreneur in a way that was going to benefit people in society rather than take away from it. So I started Harness Your Hustle, which was essentially just kind of pigging, piggybacking off of University Beyond Bars as a program to bring in some you know, executives and leaders in the community to talk to us about their experience and about you know, what does it mean to be a successful businessman, a successful businesswoman, you know, how does that look for us? And uh, David and I had connected a little bit before that. He came in as a guest initially uh, for, to speak at a University Beyond Bars class with another gentleman named Joe Brotherton. He's just a, he's a great local businessman, awesome guy. Um, but he drugged David into it. Of course, he, David was coming back anyway, so I guess he wasn't really drug anywhere. <laughs> but once I heard his story, it was the same, the same light bulb went off for me that David was just talking about went off for the guy that was sitting in the back, you know, I had already figured out I wanted to do something different, but what really started to solidify is that I absolutely can. There's nothing stopping me from doing it except for me. So, you know, I kind of latched on and stayed in touch the whole time that I was down and we, uh, we collaborated on Harness Your Hustle. And then, you know, David brought me on to uh, Good Planet as soon as I got out. And I'd like to think I've been you know, a pretty decent asset. Uh, <laughs> so he, I, I, uh, I'll weigh in. I mean, you know, I didn't need the hook. Yeah. Uh, to, I didn't, I'll bite. Uh, you know, so Spencer's probably turned out to be the best partner I've ever had. Uh, no kidding. Period. Uh, and I've worked with, well, I've hired at very high levels before. Uh, I've worked f with some amazing leaders, uh, but never, I never had anybody that I worked with that allowed me to just go do what I do and be there to to pick up what I don't pick up and to figure shit out, uh, you know. <coughs> that's what it comes down to. It's come down to the willingness of someone to say, I'm part of this. Uh, it's not just I have a job here that I have to do for myself, but I see the opportunity, uh, I appreciate the opportunity, and I'm gonna do what I have to do to make us all successful, right? So I can, you know, I'm kind of a, I'll, I'll do whatever. And I get, I mean, I just get, in my opinion, I just get stuff done fast. Um, do, but being able I'll to, co-sign for that. Yeah. I can go a lot faster because I have someone like Spencer here who's there doing things that I don't necessarily want to do. I mean, I can do them, but I have done them. But if I have someone that's helping play that role and then learns how I perform and how I do business, uh, and also replicates that. Right, steps so you, up to the plate yeah. and says, "I got this 
I can handle this relationship, I can respond to this, and I do it the same way that David either would want me to or does, right? Uh, not because it has to be my way, but I do things in a way because I'm trying to build relationships and partnerships and grow exceptionally fast, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this category we're in now, it's, it's, it's a demand that we grow fast. I mean, either we own this, what is the fastest growing category in food, or someone else will. So, uh, you know, I got to put on the jetpack. So you've harnessed yeah. the right hustle for this. We, we, <laughs> there is a lot of, we've harnessed a ton of hustle here. Yeah, uh, it's, it's really incredible. We have a small team, but I mean, they're amazing. Yep. We're all, you know, wearing a bunch of different hats. You know, like David said, um, he, he used the word partner. I want to kind of backtrack just for a second. And for me, to come into something and, you know, having that real entrepreneurial spirit, it's important for me to have ownership because, and just ownership in, as in, yeah, a piece of the company, but ownership over our destiny, our collective destiny, because it's, you know, I'm devoting my life to it. So the fact that he brought me in and pretty early on, you know, gave me that opportunity and that vote of confidence that he wanted me as his partner, that uh, it, it really, it's, it's opened up my horizons just, I mean, more than I can even put into words. And I, I mean, I've always been a big thinker, but it's just, it, it's blown my mind. Um, it's blowing my mind. <laughs> and, what, and, and what we've done since has completely, I mean, it's validated each previous mind blow, you know, until the next one. Because what, what's going on now, we're a team of, what, eight people uh-huh. that uh, operate the core company. We have partners all, all around the world that we work with, extended team. But just the core of eight people, and we, we're building the, the fastest growing, best brand in a category that's going to be worth $4 billion in just over three years. Yep. Nice. So, and we're, I mean, we're creating partnerships and collaborations with people in the food and with companies in the food industry that are literally at the highest level. It's unbelievable. And it's, it blows my mind on a daily basis. And it's, sometimes I have to pinch myself to remember that, uh, you know, this, this is what we've created and what we continue to create on a daily basis. And David talks about strapping on the jetpack. You know, yeah. that it's an absolute must. And sometimes he's hard to keep up with, but I think every now and again I give him a run for his money. So are you guys public now or are you private still? Uh, private. Well, we won't, yeah, we're private. Uh, yeah, we've, we've only done one uh, round of financing. We're starting about to launch another. Uh, but this is much different uh, mm-hmm. than the first. Uh, it first came pretty quick. Uh, but now we are attracting... Not just attracting. I mean, I'm getting pelted uh, by investors <laughs> and private equity groups. Yeah. And uh, what a good problem to have. It, it is a good <laughs> yeah. problem, you I know. know but I, we can't even respond fast enough yeah. to these guys. I mean, you know, they. Uh, fortunately, we we have uh, funds that have got behind us already, uh, just to give us, you know, bridge financing. I mean, they'd like to put it into equity, but I'm not even taking it uh, because our value is growing faster. So I mean, every month it's a different evaluation. Well, there is because, I mean, it's really? it, it's for two reasons. One's because we're picking up so much business uh, yeah. at literally the, the largest food companies in the world and restaurant chains in the world, uh, retailers in the world. It, we're, they're all flocking to us for our products. Uh, but additionally, the category value is, keeps ramping up, right? So, I mean, this Beyond Meats went public 
They had 70 million in sales, 40 million in losses, maybe it was 50. Uh, and now they have a market cap of well, between 10 and 12 billion, depending on when what their stock is doing that day. Uh, you know, our sales have outpaced theirs uh, for when they had grown over the, whatever their nine year term before they went public. Their growth rate. Yeah, our growth rate is much at a much higher level. It's a, that hockey stick. I mean, I don't, even, I don't it's not hockey, it's straight up. So, um, <laughs> you know, I tell all of our investors really at the end of the day, you know, our funnel is overflowing with opportunity. It's gonna. It's our game to lose. I mean, we have to manage it and execute properly. I mean, we or, or we've lost it, right? So we are gonna raise capital. We'll be launching a a, a, a capital raise here in the next few weeks, and uh, yeah, we're gonna go after and, and win this this race. And the partners that we're bringing in only really amplify our business and ability to really to own this category. So how long are you gonna ride this rocket? Are you gonna? Go IPO or sell out? Or? Well, that's a good what's, question. We've, what's your we've had a couple of groups want to already try to take us down that path of IPO. One of our funds now uh, wants wants to also set us up for that trajectory. I mean, of course they do. Uh, it's we're the we're the cheese of the Beyond Meats, right? So if the first one to launch is going to create that similar type of market cap uh, and valuation and and fury. Uh, Question is, uh, especially that we're on this call, is what role can I or Spencer play in a publicly held company? Yeah, mm -hmm. what are you best at? Are you best at starting companies or managing? Well, no, it's not that. It's because of our background. Yeah, right. The felonies may prohibit us from, and maybe not. It, uh, it's know. a legal question that has to be answered. We don't oh, know the gotcha. answer to. That I mean, I think we could be uh, on the board. We could be chairmans. Uh, as far as officers, uh, there may be some regulations around that. I don't know. We'd have to work through it. But, you know, when there's a will, there's a way. And um, mm -hmm. you know what? Uh, if investors want to invest, I mean, it's not like we're hiding anything. Yeah. You know? I mean, I meet with That's investors. That's the of your business. It's the first thing that comes out of my mouth yeah. because... That's how we lead. <laughs> I have to lead with that story because at the level I'm doing business with today, I don't want to leave the room and press a group and have them say, we want to invest. And have them go punch in my name in Google and say the guy lied to us or it wasn't transparent, right? Mm -hmm. I, I'm i all over Google, right? I mean, you know, I mean, I have videos all over the place about, I talk all over the place. I mean, it is what it is. So I'm not hiding it, but uh, at lower levels, I don't want to, it's not like, hey, I'd like to hear about your company. I want to invest. Well, you know what? I don't go, well, hey, guess what? Uh, I was in cars. I got to tell you this whole story first. Right. If they're real, I got to tell them the story. Yeah. If they're just fishing and wanting, I'm, I don't need to waste their time or my time. Uh, but when it's, things are real, you have to let people know right up front. So I, 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 there's, probably, there's probably ways to work around that, but uh, we'll have to see. But for, for us, my goal is to create the most value for our investors, own this category, okay? And it could be a one-year ride. It could be a two-year ride. It could be a four-year ride. Uh, my thoughts are is that we're creating so much value and, and such a great brand that uh, someone's going to come in with a lot of money and mm -hmm. want to own this brand and grow it. Um, and I'm happy if that gives our investors a great return, I'm happy. That is so cool. Yeah. What a great story. I think so. Well, you know, prison also changed my perspective on dollars, right? So oh, yeah. this isn't all about dollars. I could care. I don't need a hundred million. I could care less, man. You know, if I'm, if I'm successful, if I, if I can do what I love and I can take care of my family, and I don't have to worry about dollars. That's that's one thing, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm happy. 
So I think having that perspective change as well of doing something just to have the win and the money uh, makes it easier to win. You know what I mean? Because I'm here, I'm not just thinking about how David's going to get rich and buy a big house because that's the last thing I need. What? But I do need is to win. I mean, I like to mm-hmm. I like to create. I like to you know. I tell people I, I kind of do business the same way I drive. I don't like people in front of me. I don't like to get passed up. I don't like to get slow. <laughs> right? I don't like to get pulled over. Yeah. You know. So yeah. I just want to get fast. from point A to point yeah. B as fast as I can. Right? And just get out of my way. That's why we get along so well. Yep. But I'm Same not going to. But I'm so not going to flip you off, and I do drive safe, uh, and I'm not going to get mad. And just please don't be in my way. Yeah, yeah. Don't go just, the speed limit in the left lane, please. So who's in your way in this uh, this food industry, the, the cheese part? Nobody really. Uh, that's the funny thing. I mean, so we're to, there's a great there's great products in the plant based cheese category, okay? But there's different products. We're there's nut based, there's soy based. Uh, we're allergen free, okay? That's that's one clear thing. Everybody can have this, which is why we're in such, besides having a great tasting, great melting, everyday alternative for real cheese, uh, we're allergen-free. So in the the Nestle's, the Tyson's, the Kellogg's, they can put us in their products and not worry, okay? There's no allergens to be worried about. Uh, Food service. They can, you know, and the burgers and all these things, they can put them on the Beyond Meat burgers and not worry about an allergen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we just have a, we have a much better product. Uh, we're very innovative and we're very nimble. So we're able to do things a lot faster. So yesterday I had a, a business meeting. Somebody had these chips called Eat Bugs. Yep. So yeah. is that your next category? You're going to hit the, the bug market? Nope. <laughs> nope. Uh, nope. You know what? I used to be, you know, if a squirrel ran by, I used to we want to chase it. Uh, I've become, this is a huge category. You're really focused here. Uh, mm-hmm. We need to focus Have here. To. If, I mean, why wouldn't we? I yeah. need to chase bugs or like I need a or squirrels, like a hole, I need a hole in the head. When we have <laughs> such a big opportunity in front of us, if we just execute, uh, we do have an amazing disruptive plant-based yogurt coming in Q1. Uh, there's nothing like it on the market. It will, it will, we'll seize that category as well. But mm-hmm. other than that, we're staying very focused. So what about you, Spencer? You down for the ride? <laughs> I, I'm 100% in. He's I, stuck. I, He's stuck. Yeah, I don't know if he'd let me leave at this point, but I don't. I wouldn't want to. You know, I enjoy. I enjoy the win, but I enjoy the process too. Uh, you know, I, I love building and creating something and, and creating value for for us for our customers. I can't tell you how much gratification it gives me when I get on a plane. And the guy sitting next to me asks my story, so you know I tell him, and we wind up in plant-based cheese, and he's just like, "Oh my God, you know, I, it, does it taste like cheese?" And we're like, "Of course, you know, it's, that's yeah, that's big that's, question. Why, that's yeah. why we're doing so well is because it really is the cheese experience." And he's like, you, I, "You've just changed my life, right?" And it really is that important to people who, like me, are lactose intolerant, love cheese, but it's uh, doesn't love you back, or people <laughs> who are, you know, vegan. There's that. Time and time again, we hear that that's the hardest thing for somebody to give up is cheese. Meat, not a problem, but cheese, got to have it. It's like it literally triggers like the same, uh, the same receptor in your brain that opiates does. So it's like it's an addictive, it's an addictive food, and people have got to have it. So when you tell them that they can have this amazing experience without the allergens or without the dairy, without the impact on the planet yep. or the impact on their bodies. It's, it really does light up their world. And I, that's, 
that gives me a lot of satisfaction. So then who's behind the science on this? Who's matching, making sure it just fits just right, or is it just a natural process? Uh, no, it's a very unique process. Uh, we partnered with a group in Greece um, that uh, actually had a basis for our products, uh, but it was specifically for Lent in Greece. So uh, people could have something, they called it loaf. Uh, they didn't call it... Terrible name. Well, <laughs> it fit their market, right? Yeah, That's what it was. But they didn't understand what... When we got together, we, we had, they had the the ability to process and create that foundation, we took it to another level. So we, we created flavors that were more trending for the marketplace, uh, that would replicate real cheese. Uh, we we helped them develop, well, they didn't help it. They could do that with our direction. They're very good at that. They're food scientists, they, they get it. And they wanted to be our partners. Uh, we took it from there, created the brand, and just took it from there. Uh, we're gonna, we have a whole new facility just opened in Greece about three weeks ago, that's strictly for our plant-based cheeses. I was over there last week and uh, we can do about 60 tons a day, uh, but I expect that you know the growth that we're seeing, we're probably gonna tap that out. So we're moving some of that production to the US uh, in collaboration with our partners from Greece. Uh, and we're just gonna take from there. You know, our, Greece will handle Europe, Mideast, China, uh, the plant here in the US will handle you know North America and we're just going to go get it. That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. Well, good luck with that. Well, thank you. Terry. Sounds like you guys are going to kill it. Uh, definitely. And I mean, we're focused and there's, we're going to own it. There's no question about it, right? I mean, we've, we've come this far and done as much as we have with as little as we have. And I, of course, you know, we can't, uh, can't necessarily take credit for being at the right place at the right time, but executing on that opportunity. Yep. You know, we're, we're not going to let that slip through our grasp. And once, uh, once the rocket ship ride is over, you know, whenever that is, I know for me, one of my big passions is kind of helping to give back and give the opportunities that, uh, that I've had to other people and to help um, open people's perspectives, you know, all across the country and around the world to who we really are as people who have experienced the justice system and, you know, hopefully change their minds a little bit. We've awesome. We've already started that a uh, in a small way, started a company called Unincarcerated Productions, which David is a part of. And once this rocket ship ride is over, I'll probably focus on that for a little bit and see if we can make that, a, that, make our society a little bit better place. Is that film or music or? It's film. You... It's yeah, TV and film. Okay. Mm -hmm. We'll check back in a year and see where that ro rocket ship is. Oh, well, yeah. Well, we'll probably be on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or Mars. Something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. It really is. Pretty exciting times, and it's great to show people that anybody can do what they want if they just put their mind to it, no matter what they've been through, Absolutely. what their background is. You, only you are your biggest obstacle at the end of the day, right? So you just decide to do something. I mean, now we have people rallying behind us, you know, just jumped on board. So I think it's, it's good for everybody. Yeah. Ultimately, it's become an asset. People, mm -hmm. people really get to know the story, and they root for you. Right, it's they want to be a part of it. It's this. It's not only a story of redemption, but you know, of, of overcoming obstacles and triumph, and you know, people really, they can really relate to that. I think, and it's uh, it's stories that need to keep getting told. Mm -hmm. Most awesome. definitely. So yeah, thanks for having us, Dirk. Yeah, we yeah. appreciate well, it. Th thank you for first podcast. You guys are the ones. Oh, how exciting! And we'll see how it turns out. Awesome, man. Well, we're excited. Thank you very. Glad to be part of it. Definitely. Yeah.